<clears throat> Actually, man or woman, this is one of the most amazing times in history to be single. I should know. My name is Kathy. I spent last Saturday night celebrating my Employee of the Year nomination with a box of Oreo cookies. My best friend, Andrea... This is a cartoon created based on the comic strip Kathy. Kathy ran in the newspaper 365 days a year from 1976 through 2010. Much love to Kathy Geiswhite for such a feat. How can they do this to me, Mom? According to this, millions of women are getting sick of the independent life and are discovering the joys of good old-fashioned commitment. A woman who has accomplished something on her own at first will be happier all of her life. Single women have more cellulite. Where did you get that? I made it up. It may have outlasted its shelf life, particularly in terms of theme. Benadryl? That's an over-the-counter substance used to block histamine, typically used for treatment of allergies. You may be wondering, what could Kathy Comics and Benadryl possibly have in common? This is the Show Up and Stay podcast. I'm your host, Deanne Knighton. This week, I want to talk about something that's very present for me right now. You know, something that's evolving as we speak. Just about three weeks ago, my household came down with a bit of a cold. We had different variations of reactions to this cold. I'm usually someone that takes a long time to recover. But luckily, that first round knocked me down for about three days, but I was able to bounce back very quickly and kind of get back into the swing of things, which felt like progress for me. Sometimes when I get sidelined, I get sidelined big. And so it brings up a lot of stress for me. My partner is also in recovery. And something that we both have talked about a lot over the last several weeks is this feeling that comes up for us when we're sick. It is reminiscent of our drinking days. It's reminiscent of having to hide hangovers. Not that we have to hide anything, but just that it feels like we're not allowed to not be okay. We're sort of used to having to push through all levels of discomfort because we didn't feel good enough or that we deserved to take care of ourselves. When sickness comes up, it can definitely trigger some of those old feelings of badness and wrongness that we're used to feeling. Luckily, we have each other and can kind of help lift each other out of this a little bit, but it doesn't mean that it's not a real thing. Part of finding self-compassion and recovery is starting to differentiate between the ways that you used to punish yourself, the ways that you do need to show yourself a little bit of tough love now, and then the ways that you need to take care of yourself and, and show yourself some compassion. And it seems like it would be simple, but unfortunately, all of those patterns of behavior don't just go away overnight. And it can be tricky at first to kind of figure out like what is going on internally and when is it that you need to call on, you know, one of those resources, whatever it may be. Back to the sickness. So we get past it. I get back on my feet, get back to work and school and the gym and podcasting and all of the things that I value doing. And as it goes, I suddenly get hit out of nowhere with the worst sore throat I have ever had in my life. 
that is not hyperbole. This is the kind where I felt like my throat was closing up, like where I didn't know from breath to breath if I was going to be able to take a breath. That's how intense it felt. And the pain that I would feel when I would swallow was so intense that it made me feel like I was going to pass out. So because I had had this kind of series of sickness in my household, and because I still have this sort of weird relationship with believing myself, questioning if there is actually something wrong or not, this is just, again, it's a product of like years of self-doubt and self-abuse, honestly. I pretty much always assume I'm overreacting, which really is a shame because that isn't always the case. In fact, I underreact quite a bit. And I... That's my humidifier. So I sit on it. I'm, I'm just kind of convinced. I've already had a member of my family who went in and was tested for strep throat and tested negative. And I was really kind of under this assumption too, that even if I went in, that all they would do was help me manage my symptoms. It's such a weird world that we're in now in the sense of like, again, not trusting ourselves. If, if we're experiencing symptoms that are significant enough to require antibiotics, you know, it's all very confusing and it's, it's even gotten more confusing. I couldn't get out of my bed. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't swallow. I was in so much pain. There wasn't enough ibuprofen in the world to resolve that. After three days of not believing myself, I finally got myself out of my bed, barely, dragged myself to the urgent care, waited for two and a half hours to be seen for my symptoms. I was immediately assessed in urgent care as only having a sore throat for a couple of days. Let me test you for strep throat. Oh, you don't have strep throat. We're just going to need to manage your symptoms. As this is happening, I have tears streaming down my face because I am in so much pain. But like, I don't know how to, it is this doubt that I am wrong. Everyone else is right. My first assumption is to always stop myself because I assume that I must be missing something. When the practitioner started asking me about symptom management and I got tears in my eyes and reminded him that I also had been experiencing an earache, he finally took the scope and looked in my ear and said, holy cow, we have a massive ear infection. And this is like the type of ear infection we don't usually see in adults. This is like the kind little kids get. And suddenly it was like, I'm seen. Oh, I'm seen. Like I'm seen. I'm believed. Like the level of relief that that brings to me to not be crazy, to be validated in what I'm experiencing or how I'm feeling it's really big for me. And this is a product of years of codependence and lack of self-trust. And it comes up specifically around health issues. So they gave me an antibiotic and within a couple of days, I was feeling better. However, I'm still a week later. I don't have the hearing back in my right ear. I'm awaiting actually an audiogram 
to find out if I have an hole in my eardrum or if this ringing and pressure and hearing loss that I'm experiencing is going to let up for me. So, yeah, I mean, not trusting yourself has consequences, certainly. For my retrospective today, I thought it might be good to revisit something that I wrote in my second year of recovery. If you remember that timeline that we started the season at, this is that time right near the end of that period of like really deep self-reflection time that I took, that time where I also took a break from dating and and really like the world in a lot of ways. And this day happened. And I feel like it relates. This is October 25th of 2020. I feel uncomfortable, like I started a small departure from being present that I won't be able to undo somehow. But the beauty is the fact that I am here writing about it, talking about it means I will be able to undo it. I have to let it pass over me. I have to experience it and know it. It started on Thursday with a headache that had lasted through Saturday. The kind of headaches that plague me when I am sick. But I'm not sick right now. I tried meditating on Friday evening for the first time in a while and had a flash that finally connected some pieces of the puzzle for me. And so I jumped into go mode. And I woke up on Saturday and set the wheels in motion on something really important that I had been meaning to start. Something I've been really confused about. It has to do with how involved I want to be in social media as it relates to the development of the Show Up and Stay project. It's debilitating me and stifling any desire to do it. All of a sudden, what has been in motion for six months just culminated in some quick decisions that left me with a bit of a hangover wondering if they were the right ones. Then the obsessive thoughts begin. Where's my escape pod? What if this thing isn't the right thing? What if I can't do it? What if there's already something that's the same and I just don't feel that I have any value and I can't finish it? I want to create something. I want the chance to do something that is an expression of my experience. How can I express myself in a way that is meaningful to others, but also true to who I am? Maybe I've found that. Maybe not. Maybe it's something else. Intellectually, I understand that it'll never be what I expected, but it'll be something and something hopefully better, something to take me to somewhere unknown. This is the crux of my fear. The unknown and the preservation of my focus and continued evolution to be sure that I'm taking care of myself fully. Anything that feels like a potential departure from that is terrifying to me. And maybe it's okay that it's terrifying to me. Maybe this is normal. Fear is normal. If there wasn't fear, it wouldn't be a jump. What I did was take a jump. So, back to the aftermath. I feel this headache. And the strong desire to somehow fix this headache, it's kind of all I can focus on. 
feeling the lists of ducks I still need to get in a row and the spirit of my preparation and nesting to ensure that I was ready for all the things that were going to come. All of that suddenly felt at risk and vulnerable because I had other new obligations in my life too that would take up some space. And suddenly the headache was too much to bear. I took a hot bath and it made it worse. And All the quick fix remedies to help reboot me were not doing their thing. I went for a walk. I ate a muffin. It all felt like an old familiar feeling, like I was just avoiding. My obsession was to get right so I could be productive again. The carbs and the sugar and the caffeine didn't work. So what now? Nutrients, micronutrients. My lips are dry and I'm tired. Maybe this is dehydration. Again, this desperate self-diagnosis that somehow if I tweak something, I could get right. I'd been Googling micronutrient stuff in the morning and I saw something about IV hydration. Well, this spurred me. In other important news, I am trying very hard to get my finances on course. This is an area where my impulsive nature manifests itself. I've been lucky that it has not gotten me to the point of destruction, but I have fear around it and some avoidance tendencies that cause me not to look at it fully. So yeah, add this to the list. Add this to the stress in the pit of my stomach. Add this to the headache. In that work, I have to stop and ask myself, why are you looking at this? Is this really what you need? Are you distracting? Are you avoiding? Does it mean that there's something that is scaring you and that causes some pain for you and you don't actually want to look at the real thing? I told myself I've been working really hard. I've been saving. I was giving myself permission to do this. I use the gauge of how I will feel afterward to help me know. Here's the thing with money. You can hide from the pain you feel after if you just never look at it. But I want to look at it and I am looking at it. So when I see a bill for some sort of IV therapy, what am I going to think about it? But I was not fully in my frontal lobe at this time. I was somewhere else when I made the decisions. Genuine when I tell you that somewhere in between my consumed headache state and my Saturday self-care adventure, that I may have lost some consciousness. I jumped around, I closed windows, opened windows, almost bought some things, changed my mind a few times, walked away, came back, finally landed on a hydration IV instead of a massage because I think I'm dehydrated. I can feel it. I'm dehydrated. I need to fix this. Ooh, this IV is mobile. Do I want a mobile IV or do I go somewhere? Hmm, I'm nauseous. I don't really want to go anywhere. I should stay in, but then I'm just in. Then what does that mean? Hmm, I need to feel better. I can feel better. I can get to being productive. I have so much I want to do. How can I make sure I can do it? I look again. I'm sick of thinking about it. Oh, fine. Just click. Just click. Oh, wait. What did I just click? Micronutrient replenishment, IV, migraine, headache, click, point, bye. Incoming text. Deanne, your IV HydraMed appointment will be to you at 6 p.m. Wait, oh, someone's coming to my house. Oh, but I need the hydration and the hydration will be good. My lips are dry. I'm clearly dehydrated. Yes, this is good. This is a good idea. Fluids to start my week. I want to have a big week. I have a lot to figure out. Exciting, scary stuff, but a lot of exciting, scary stuff to figure out. And I have to feel okay. 
Let's take a quick pause here. My desire to be confident and self-assured while also masking this very less attractive self-doubt has been a battle of my lifetime. I work tediously to make them into one integrated version that lives inside my body, controlling this one wild and precious life that I have. For me, it really manifests as if there's two completely different entities at odds with each other. Different, though, than the good and bad angels we see in those television specials. Good and bad, those are dirty words to me. They have a connection to worth and propensity to be used as an intent to control. I picture these two opposing forces a little differently. Deanne one, she is the Deanne of my young girl daydreaming. She is actualized. She is someone people want to be like. She is not integrated because she does not need to integrate. She is smart and interesting and funny and always has something to say. She is literally just the best. She lives in a nice apartment in the city. She has nice things. She looks good. She wears silk pajamas to bed. In my younger years, she always had a glass of wine in her hand and a line of suitors at the door. Her current version is more earthbound, less absorbed about possessions and the constant hope for a body that looks good in yoga pants and doesn't care what people think, and she owns it. She is liberated, she is elegant and glamorous, and she has made a series of good decisions to land her where she is. She deserves the nice things that she has because she has worked for them and her confidence shows through. Deanne, too is much more in line with the Kathy cartoons. Kathy does not like Mondays. Kathy cannot have chocolate around her because Kathy will definitely eat too much chocolate. Kathy can't fit in her clothes. She is a real woman going to work, talking to her single friends. Things are always happening to Kathy, and she is the victim of the world around her. Deanne, too, completely gets Kathy. If only this person would, then I could. If only I had money, then I could feel better. It has been a while since Kathy has been in the driver's seat, but she's there and she takes control once in a while. I'm pretty sure Deanne, too, is the one who clicked and confirmed the IV appointment in a frantic Kathy-like state. You go, girl boss. You got this. Feeding the integrated version that has cultivated some growth and wisdom, that is the sweet spot. But alas, this is not one of those moments. I prep for my appointment. Oh shit, I need to clean my house. Who is this person that's coming over? Oh, my dog. Oh, she's going to be so mad about the visitor and I need to walk her. Oh, my head hurts. The person will come and they'll hydrate me. They'll leave. I'll be good. They'll come. They'll hydrate me. They'll leave. I'll be good. Yep, all good. I'm going to spare the details of outlines the woman who shows up at my house who was also a paramedic and had a lot of interesting stories, but set up this hydration IV in a way that was clear to me we were going to be spending a good 90 minutes together. What is relevant to this story is that I am in recovery, and in my embodiment of the recovering version of myself that I am, I have made a commitment that alcohol does not serve me. Some people call it alcoholism. You can call it whatever the fuck you'd like to. It does not offend me. I make a choice every day to not have alcohol in my life. Every day I renew that choice. And to me, that is the opposite of powerlessness. That is an energy source of power and hope. And because I feel like the outside perspective of the word alcoholic doesn't really reflect my experience, I prefer not to be defined by it. 
Recovery breeds its own very special life force and pretty much the coolest people I've ever met. To fear it, to not want to talk about it, to be ashamed of it, in my opinion, is a missed opportunity. Does the subject make you uncomfortable? If so, I challenge you to consider why. Anyway, the lady mentions to me the details of the IV she's about to give me. Yep, that is why I'm spending this $250 and this human is in my house, because I'm dehydrated. And for some reason, drinking water did not feel like a quick enough way to get back on track. She tells me she is sorry to hear that I have a headache and that this will definitely help me feel better. Okay, next in goes the IV. Next in the IV goes the pain medication. You'll feel this right away. I stop and think, wait, what? What is happening? Pain medication? Wait, but I'm in recovery. Like, what is she talking about? Okay, don't say anything weird. Okay, I'm saying something. Pain medication? Like, non-narcotic pain medication, obviously, right? I know this is a dumb question, but I'm in recovery, so it matters to me. This is after the IV is already in my vein. Oh, no, not that. Of course not. This is like really strong ibuprofen. Okay, this is okay. I haven't slept well this week. Maybe that's why I have a headache. This is okay, right? This is, I'm okay. This is okay. Then she says, but the Benadryl you will really feel. Wait, okay, what? Benadryl? Like for allergies? I'm getting Benadryl injected into my veins by an IV? I mean, it's Benadryl. That's okay, right? Damn it, TN2, Kathy comic version. Why didn't you read the description? I have time to tell her I don't want the Benadryl. My mind is circling a lot of thoughts. How long is this going to take? I really want this person to leave my house. Oh my God, my dog is trying to eat the gauze she brought. Is this bad? Should I not be doing this? Should I tell her not to do this? Am I being roofied? She does it. Okay, so it's done. Wow, I'm tired. All I want to do is sleep. Wake up. Wake up with that what happened feeling. Think of the years of drinking until I pass out and waking up countless times thinking, what did I do? I feel sick to my stomach. This was just last night and I'm writing this right now and I still feel sick about it. I feel like I had opened a portal I didn't want to open. Never ever want to be here again. That's beautiful, right? I know that, but I'm uneasy today. I know this may sound really insignificant, but for me, there's nothing insignificant about it. This last two years of my life, it kind of came together in this moment. It was a series of unusual events that I perpetrated on some random Saturday night. I didn't feel good. I made some weird decisions and I woke up feeling changed. And I don't know how and I don't really know why, but I'm the only one that was there. I don't know if it is for the better, but I guess I'm just going to have to believe it is. So I'm going to go with that. I'm going with that. I still feel groggy. I don't feel well. I hate when I don't feel well. It is noon and all I have done is write these words. I'm going to call back to one of my favorite quotes. If you are uncomfortable, in deep pain, angry, yearning, confused, you don't have a problem. You have a life. Being human is not hard because you're doing it wrong. 
It's hard because you're doing it right. You will never change the fact that being human is hard. So you must change your idea that it was ever supposed to be easy. Glennon Doyle, Untamed. I can do this. I can climb this mountain. I can take the jump I'm going to take. I am not out of control. I can and I am catching myself. I am okay. And for the first time in my life, I am living. To donate, please follow the link in the show notes or visit our website at showupandstay.org. If you're interested in collaboration or being a guest on the show, please send an email to info at showupandstay.org. Original music created and produced by the wickedly talented Katie Hare. <laughs>